This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector of Inspect It Like a Girl and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. And spring is the season where a lot of renovations get done, and we're going to talk a lot about that today. You can join the conversation with us. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org or use the MPB Public Media app and go to talk to us. Um, we're going to be talking to Lyle here and Brandon in just a few moments. Uh, I did want to say good morning, guys. Good First morning. Of all. Good morning. So, uh, kind of a kind of a interesting interesting uh, uh, week we've got going on here at MPB, and I wanted to let everybody know that it's still rebuilding in the Delta, and they will be doing that for quite a long time. But I wanted to mention this: FEMA. Uh, FEMA assistance is available for residents in Carroll, Humphreys, Monroe, Montgomery, Panola, and Sharkey counties. And you can apply online uh, for disaster assistance uh, at uh, disasterassistance.gov or by going to 1-800-621-3362. Deadline to apply is May 25th, so get on that. Also, uh, if you're looking at one of those areas and looking for a contractor or having to to evaluate contractors that you may be meeting because of the disaster, uh, msboc.us is your top resource in the state of Mississippi when looking for a certified contractor inside the state. So check that to see that they're certified when they're here. Lots going on in the state and, of course, a lot of stuff going on with home improvement and home fixing because of those tornadoes. So I just want to make sure we get that out there. Can I mention something about that tornado? So I was out of the country whenever all that stuff started happening. So Mm -hmm. I immediately started getting text messages from my inspector, and she actually sent me an aerial view. We had done, or she had done, an inspection on a house in the area that was demolished. Mm -hmm. And she had an aerial view, and she, (laughs) she had told this Client, she said, this is one of the best houses, well-built homes I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Well, the aerial view showed everything was demolished, and that one house was still standing. No way. (laughs) Nice. That's not on the front page of your website this morning? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and she she got, you know, to her credit, she contacted the... Uh, client to make sure that he was okay, and he's moving from out of state and hadn't actually moved here. And they were sharing these aerial views. Wow, (laughs) that's amazing. And it was crazy. So when your home inspector says it's a really well-built home, you want to believe them. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention. Um, Lyle, I'll be there in just a second. I I did want to get this out there. We got uh, Pam sent me an article from USA Today that just kind of blew my mind. I've never even heard of this. A new report warns about human health risk from PVC pipe. Uh, used in drinking water. Well, obviously, that's the thing used in most pipe uh, in most plumbing these days is PVC. Sixty five percent, I read. Um, Isn't it the supply line, Jeff? Aren't, aren't uh, supply lines coming mm-hmm. from the meter to the house PVC? Yes. Yes. Now, what what they said is the issue is PVC is made with vinyl chloride, the same stuff that was released in the train derailment in East Palestine. East Palestine. Yeah. 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 Um, Illinois or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so 
So anyway, they're not they're not banning this product yet or anything of that nature. They're saying um, that this the same the vinyl chloride, the same stuff that was in the uh, train could possibly leach into the water there's some so, studies they're doing some studies right, on right. It, and according to the article which yeah. i thought was fair i never heard that but you know what i thought was really interesting is i got down to the end of the article here and and they talked to uh you know all of these people they say uh respondents uh anticipate using pvc pipes in nearly 65 percent of all water projects but not all communities are turning to pvc this was interesting to me um in Troy, New York, they instead opted to go for copper, and they asked uh, they they asked the uh, the public information officer, and he said, "We only use copper because copper is tried and true. It may cost more, but public safety is always worth the extra expense." I thought that was amazing that an entire town went copper. Yeah, I just that's that is an extra. That's expense. not cheap. No. <laughs> it's gonna be expensive. Anyway, I you know this, I think we have other things to worry about. Uh, uh, this, <laughs> well, this, you know, it's interesting to me that what interested me about the article mm-hmm. was that when we were installed, you know, back whenever we were constructing things. We didn't really study the health effects of materials, and now that's kind of a thing to do that. So, And then another thing that I'll throw out there is having come from Europe, where they've been building for 2,000 years, right. whereas here in the U.S. we've been building for 200 years. <laughs> right. Correct. <laughs> Some of their building techniques... Like, you know, I can't turn it off. I'm inspecting over there. Like, for instance, something that was interesting to me is that they are not used to washing machines and dryers in their uh, place. And we did Airbnb, whatever Mm -hmm. we did. We stayed. We didn't stay in hotels. Mm -hmm. We stayed in these apartments. Well, the washing machine, some would have washing machines and no dryers. And then if they had a dryer, it was not uh, exhausting to the outside. What they did, the way they're designed there, because you can't literally right. bust a hole in a concrete wall, it is a dryer that has a bucket on the front of the door, and it collects water. So what it does is it's tossing it uh, and pulling the air, pulling okay. water out, oh, wow. and you would have to go, if you wanted your clothes to dry, you mm-hmm. needed to empty that thing at least three times during yeah. the cycle. Okay. Oh, wow. And okay. it took Forever. Yeah, because it wasn't using heat. Yeah. Right. I got you. Yeah, there's no heat. I so it was easier, and every one of them had these racks in the closet yeah. that you yeah. would just hang your stuff up with. And all I could think was, man, can you imagine living here and having three kids? No. No. And having well, to do laundry yeah, for yeah, I went through. I went you through know, that. <laughs> there's some value there, I think. Yeah, but. You, you know, because, look, let's, and I don't want to get off, get off of what we've coming to the studio to do but we thought when we had a cell phone it was going to make our life easier uh-uh. that makes our life more miserable uh-huh. so uh-huh. in my mind at my age right now uh-huh. i don't mind waiting on the clothes to dry yeah look look he's he's gonna sound all cocky saying that but when's the last time you put some clothes in a washer jet? well now let's don't get technical that is a fair okay? question yeah yeah let's don't start asking the hard questions yeah. <laughs> that's awesome too lyle we need hey, to move on to brandon. To lyle. Yeah. hey lyle as in brandon what's going on this morning man oh i just had a question i wanted to get with y'all with sure go for it i uh i a while back, my wife and I decided to re-skirt our house. We, we've got a 
I think it's about 1,600 square foot. And in the winter, they had about some of the pipes freezing, So even though they were insulated. So I, we took fence boards, the little six-inch wide boards, and put them all the way around, all the way down to the ground. Uh-huh. And I just assumed that the space between them would be enough to let air flow through. Well, I was wrong because... The floor is getting soft in some areas, and I got my son to crawl under there, and he said it was it looked damp. So now I pulled some boards off all the way around and hoping it'll dry out some. I'm going to have to pull the floor up and replace some wood, but I'm just curious how much ventilation should you allow? What What is the rule of thumb or... Yeah, you you put in enough so that your floors don't get wet. Well, <laughs> I let's mean, let, it just yeah. it is right. a ma- it, you, there's math. Yeah, and but, I don't know what that formula is. And Lyle, yeah. do do understand um, you've uh, is this a recent issue, Lyle? How how recent? Well, it, it we did the skirting a couple years ago and. God. Probably in the last six months it started doing this, but I work out of town a lot and only come home for a little bit, so it's something I'm yeah. going to have to address pretty soon. Yeah, get some air. I, I think, uh, do do some research on this, but every eight feet, ten feet, I think I would have a, uh, a vent installed in my skirt, if you will, and that yeah. that, that air needs to flow. Yeah, it's just like in our attics. That's that's why we have soffit vents and continuous ridge vent or turbines. That air needs to move. Right. The right. same thing needs to happen under the house. The air needs to move. There needs to be visqueen on the ground. Um, that way we stay dry under there. Now, the good part of this story is your floors, if you will get some air moving and we're not full of microbial growth and things of that nature, if if we'll get some air moving, your floors are probably going to um, um, uh, lay, lay, yeah. Yeah, lay, lay back down unless they are, you know, rotten. And I don't think it's been going on long enough for that to happen. Yeah, yeah and so- I don't either. Yeah, so. what and and what could be going on too, Lyle, is that if you had any type of a drainage or a water issue under there right. before you closed it in, it was fine because it had all that. Sure. it was drying out. But once you closed it in, you trapped it. Yeah. So you may want to look at some drainage uh, around it as well to make sure you're not getting anything underneath there. And then something that I learned whenever I I've actually rebuilt the foundation on my house is that you want to have venting. I think it's if you go, you want it in the corners. So you want eight feet from each corner. So it never yeah. occurred to me. I was always thinking in the middle. But yeah. for whatever reason, the airflow works better when you've got venting. And what you could do in your situation, since you've done this wood, is frame you some wood in and put chicken wire in it. You know, you don't have right. to put a show enough. Yeah, cross space yeah. Sure. bent in there. It'll you keep can, the possum out there. Yeah, yeah it'll keep, keep the, that keep, keep, keep the, the critters, critters out, out. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah. and 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 get the visqueen there. That's important. That's important. That's real important. Did you do that whenever you closed it in? 
I didn't put the Visqueen under. Okay, no. no. That I bet that's going to help a it, lot. It will. Yeah. it will. And go with like a, what's the millage on that? Uh, probably mil? 15. 15 Probably. Mil? You know, s- something pretty pretty strong. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you don't want to buy just the plastic they have for, for painting. You know the stuff right, you put down right, to keep right, paint right. off the ground. You want a really good. Yeah, thick, you, vi- they, you, you can get you can get um, foundation visqueen. All right. All right, Lyle. And Thanks. you know, Lyle, I, I did want to say on top of that, I live near the part of the world that your house is in, and I can tell you, my backyard's been flooded for like three weeks. It's we'll, mushy. Yeah, mushy. So it, 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 you may need to let a little sun happen, also. Uh, just let it dry. Been wet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But venting and visqueen, I think that's your that's your course. Thanks, Lyle. This is MPB and Fix It One Hundred and One. Hi, I'm Jason Klein. Uh, yes, yeah, right. Uh, we're with Pam Pobis, Ashy Certified Inspector and Inspector uh, Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Salmons from Houseworks Java. Okay, you got You got to get in here. Uh, Java's looking at me because I can't talk today. It is it is Wednesday morning, Java. I, I get a little bit of you know. I guess I should warm up on that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm Simply. really. I'm just trying to see what's going on. Was right. it, is, is it is it me or is it you? It's, you know what? It's you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Frank's on the line in uh, Fairhope, Alabama, and uh, what's going on with your attic, Frank? I have a 75 year old house with 50 year old combination fiberglass and rock wool insulation on the attic. But the radiant heat that comes through this dark roof is tremendous. And I've seen a product that's like silver bubble wrap. And my question is, can I attach that and seal it to the underside of the roof joist, roof whatever you call them, to reflect some of that heat before it ever gets in my attic all the way? Hmm, Jeff. I've seen that product. I've never seen it. I've yeah, never seen, seen it. Seen it. it, it and, and you see it sometimes when people um, not, don't think of the product, Jeff. Think uh, think of someone trying to close improperly close in their attic. It's uh, a radiant blanket. Oh, oh, okay. It, it almost looks like a foil wrap. Oh, yes. But it's got a li- it's perforated a little bit, and I'll see it in these older houses. There was a, a traveling salesman that sold a bunch of that back in the seventies. Is that is that a is that a product that does any good? It it could. I'd probably spend my money other ways. Yeah, um, I think I would too. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the problem you're going to get into whenever you start uh, closing up or sealing up that decking is that it's going to disguise things that might happen. And I'm going to assume that the house is that old that it's probably one by slats. That are up there. It's not really um, like an no, always- no. It, it's got it's got uh, it's either well the more recent things are plywood, but then it's probably tongue and groove. You know, five quarter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and tell me again. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Frank. Tell me again the type of uh, insulation. It's old. You said it's the old rock wool. Yeah, yeah. It's old rock wool and fiberglass. That that's okay on the. It's on the floor. You know, on the floor of the attic. Right. What I'm talking about is putting this radiant barrier on the, the roof of the attic. Yeah, right. yeah. coming in on the, on the roof deck. Yeah. Just all to right. take the so radiant let's... load. I'm in the process of sealing up all the airflow, you know, from the Celotex and whatever. It's, a, it's an old house. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I've got one similar. Mine was built in '58, so it's not quite 75 I mean, years it, old. It's not a bad idea. I mean, we, could it we hurt put, anything? I don't think so. We we put radiant backed OSB, the thermal guard, uh, yeah, yeah, in our houses now. I, just be careful, Frank. You you don't. It's just like the previous caller. We want airflow in that attic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, okay, it's, I'm, okay. I'm talking so, about blocking off an eight-inch no, space. I got you. The roof deck and the joist. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So now, if you do that, you're going to have to put baffles in, so you have airflow between the radiant barrier and the underside of that decking. Yeah, because if you trap, what happens with houses once you close them in? That's right. Is you've got moisture that's always trying to come mm-hmm. up through it, and you can check with our neighbors in the Midwest. They end up with radon gases coming up through there. It's huh. it's got to breathe. Yeah, so somehow, just, if you're going to do that, put the put the um, uh, baffles in those got pink it. baffles. You yep. can get them at yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You can get them get them anywhere and, and staple those in, and then put your insulation under that. So you have roof decking, you have roof framing, you have the baffle, then you have the radiant barrier. But make sure if you do that, where what type of ventilation do you have there? Is it a ridge vent or a turbine or a gable vent? Yeah. Well, gable vents. There was somebody put a powered. Uh, there's part of it that was that has ridge vent. Hmm. Doesn't seem to work a whole heck of a lot. I'm in the process of moving the old whole house fan out of the ceiling and putting it in a gable. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, that Man, that, yeah, you're going to suck your kitchen right out into the attic <laughs> with that. You yeah. turn that thing <laughs> No small it, children in the house when they're that fan. It's, it's, it's not as late. You'd be surprised. It's more of a low rumble when you put it actually in the attic when it's not a oh, okay. uh, Yeah, yeah, it is. It, those things are something. Yeah, I would probably, I'm going to put my money on, and this is what I did in my house. Let me just share my experience is that my, I have the same issue. I have a very low pitch. I've got gable venting, and I had ridge vents put in. I don't have any soffit vents because there's just no room to do that. So what I did is I focused on sealing the envelope from the ceiling, um, ceiling, S-E-A-L-I-N-G, the ceiling, <laughs> C-E-I-L-I-N-G, right. um, and every gap, every light fixture, every um, electrical outlet, every plumbing thing, and I sealed all that up really, really good. I sealed up all my ductwork really, really well, and then I came in with cellulose and had that blown in, and that's wet newspaper that has been infiltrated with borate to kill the bugs. And that stuff, when it goes in and settles down, it's like it's almost like concrete. <laughs> I mean, it just settles. That's right. And my electric bill dropped from I was telling I was telling the roofer the other day he came by to check on something at my house. I said my electric bill went from like two fifty eight a month to about seventy five dollars a month. Wow. So, I, I, I wonder what we're going to do now that uh, there's not many newspapers in printing. I know. Yeah. I don't, right. What are they, they going to do? Say he loses so, over. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that stuff. I, I do, too. I've heard you extol the cellulose before, and nobody will spray it on Celotex because it's too heavy. It'll uh, taste uh, the ceiling. <laughs> You know what? That uh, happened to me. when I And my ceiling <laughs> fell in whenever they put the cellulose in. And so I had really? to go back in and re- okay. reinforce it. Huh. So, you huh. know, I can understand that. They probably don't want that liability. But if you reinforced it, you could. That's a proper warning for a DIY show, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a very interesting day. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Frank, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay, I've got one for you here, Jeff. And and it's going to sound like I'm kidding. But but if you've done it, you know I'm not. All right, we moved into my parents' home a few years ago. Mama planted azaleas in the 70s. Uh, they're completely overgrown and too close to the house. We're having a hard time removing them. I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> they're put there in the 70s. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll, okay, yeah. this is where I'm going to say, Jeff, I'm going to let you take this. But I will say, when I was a very young homeowner, I had a house, and my wife, we had boxwoods out front. Yep. And my wife said, I want those boxwoods gone. So and I was going to be— to your pickup. I, no, I was going to be smarter than them. I hooked them up to my lawnmower. Mm. I had a, I had a you know, one of those, you know— Big cool lawnmowers, and and no, it it dragged that lawnmower around like it was nothing. Of course, um, I, what I thought was a little bitty boxwood was under under was six feet underground. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, sir, all I can tell you is that you need a really sharp shovel, Jeff. Well, I, I have a similar story. Okay. New, <laughs> new 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 homeowner, old house overgrown bushes mm-hmm. i'll pull them out with my truck sure. it's not a big deal right well it is a big deal <laughs> so the truck didn't pull them out either so what we ended up doing was shoveling uh-huh. you know, busting up the, the the roots best you can and you can eventually get them out yes but it's, um, it's gonna take a minute yeah now now 40 years later um Go down if you can operate a mini X. Yes, yes. A mini excavator. Mm-hmm. Go rent a mini excavator and uh, call eight one one. Right, and get get your lines marked. But um, go ahead and dig them up that way. Yeah, and and Pam, I, you know. I went to Jeff because I think uh, he and I, he and I both knew that we had a story on this yeah. one, but. Uh, uh, do you know another way besides a really great shovel? You know, uh, yeah, my experience was similar to yours um, 15, 20 years ago. I was trying to pull them up. They were real close to my house. Um, I would dig for a while, and then I had a garden hose that I would put down in there and let the ground get really, really wet oh. and walk away from it. And then I would come back and dig a little bit more because it helped kind of break that dirt up. A little bit around it, and then I would get it as good as I could, and then I had a chain and a pickup truck. Yeah. That is a, that is a, you know, the water thing. I didn't th- thank you for that. I feel dumb for not doing that now because it makes all kinds of sense. But you know what? There is no way in the world at that time I had the patience to water something and walk away. Yeah, from you're going to have to be. You're going to have to be really, you know, really and, patient. And the problem I see with that. Forcing water up under your house like that? Well, yeah, you're not going to put enough water to do any damage, uh, but but you are going to make a mud hole. Well, that's what I'm saying. You you put the water on, and you walk away. Give it a couple hours, and then it just softens. So you're not digging through concrete like Yeah, you don't want to dig through the mud. And then then what you run into, so this this was kind of what happened with me. So I did that. Of course, I'm digging in clay. I'm oh, in yeah. red clay, sure. you know. So now you've got that pressure. It's almost like a suction. Right. Yes. And I mean, I'm telling you, when I hooked that thing up to my pickup, and I and I pulled on it. I'm pulling. I'm pulling. I'm pulling. And all it of a sudden, it went, and it just boom, yeah. and it came out of the ground and flew up in there. Well, just know that it if looked those, like a bomb. Yeah, if those bushes have been there for. 
what is now almost 50 years. Um, Those roots. <laughs> they're what, in there good. What yeah. you see is not what you got. No. Because underneath. It's like an iceberg. It is. Right. There's just so much more going on underneath there. So a really sharp shovel. And, you know, I say this all the time, patience. You know, you can be in a hurry if right. you want to make a mess. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's me. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Okay, Lauren's on the line and Natchez. What's going on, Lauren? Good morning. Morning. Uh, after the previous caller, you might want to leave the branches on those azaleas to help give you the thing something to grab. But once you replant them, you need to cut them way back because you're really ripping out a lot of roots. And uh, I am a licensed landscape gardener, so hopefully that's some good advice for him. Well, thank but you. My yeah. question is, my question is, uh, now that it's after Christmas, I have an Instapot, a rice cooker, a bread maker. A bread slicer and a air fryer. Oh, boy. Uh, and still only one counter. Air, <laughs> yeah, yes, and the air fryer will not fit under the cabinet. The Roomba will not go under the tow kit. Oh, boy. So my question is, are designers taking any of these new fancy stuff into account and maybe adjusting uh, cabinets and countertops, maybe making them deeper? You know, so you can kind of shove that stuff out of the way and still have some countertop room for a cutting board. You know, it's interesting because it's all kind of standardized. Yeah, we're still building 24-inch cabinets. Um, right. You know, dishwasher's still 24 inches wide. Um, huh. I, I like that. But the, I didn't think about that. If you get a Roomba... Because we've we've got one down at the pond. That son of a gun gets stuck all the time. Because the Roomba is the yeah. I can't afford a Roomba, so I didn't know that. Yeah, it'll <laughs> it just hits the ca- it hits the kick. Oh, da- go okay, it's, the okay, it's too tall. It's it's too tall to go underneath. So that's ah. a you know, if you're building a home, you know, you'd have to ask for that, I guess. I guess in our in our pantries, we're we're making shelving, you know, tall enough to fit that. That kind of stuff. I'm, I'm what about, assuming. What about um, what about say like with the Roomba, which is rolling around by itself, right? All right. So it's how high does the bottom of the cabinet sit from the floor? Is it like six mm, inches? Is no, that a, no, is that no a, it's not six. I would say more like three or four. Three, yeah, I'm going to say yep, three. Yep. It's just tall enough to get the rumba stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Where it sits and runs the battery uh, out. Hey, you know, this gives yep. us something more to think about. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I will focus on that before I focus on the PVC pipe. Okay, right. so <laughs> my question is, why is there a gap there? What's the purpose? Why is there a toe kick? Yeah. I guess so you can sit closer or stand closer to the counter. Yeah. You know, yeah. belly right. up to the bar. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Well, what I did in my house, it's an older home, is that I put drawers in my cabinets so I can pull my drawers out and get everything in there. Now, as far as the height goes, I had some um, shelving put in that has adjustable shelving so I can store my things, you know, going up and down. Matter of fact, this is funny, Jeff. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whenever you guys did my, um, my remodel, 
um, on my adjustable shelving over there, I, w- I got home and I looked over at it and it was cattywampus. One of the shelves was cattywampus. I got up underneath there and the shelf had been painted into place and there were no brackets. <laughs> uh, oh, no way. Right. They were in a hurry. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I had possible. to go to the hardware store and get me some brackets and, and cut the paint so that my shelf was actually being supported by something other than paint. Right. You know, uh, Liz... <laughs> Liz, just uh, who's answering phones today, uh, said this whole thing, Lauren, should be the entire other way around. Bread makers should make their stuff fit cabinets. Coffee yes. people to make coffee makers should make their stuff fit cabinets. She even mentioned that uh, we in the radio department here, we even received recently a Keurig from someone, uh, a gift, because they bought it. And guess what? Didn't fit didn't under the fit cabinet. Under the cabinet. So yeah. yeah. So we got a donation because it didn't fit under the cabinet. So uh, I I would typically agree that if you want to sell more coffee makers, make them fit under your cabinet. Yeah. Well, then what you're going to run in height of a toe kick is four inches. Four inches. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, increasing the height over four inches does not hurt anything. So. Really. So. But then it's going to narrow your space in your cabinet. That's right. <laughs> if you take that up, well, now what if you've you just lost put, space in your what storage. If, what if you put like a one-inch riser on the bottom of everything? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying that's yeah. an easy day. I'm just right. saying, you know. Well, then you run into short people like me. So if you start raising stuff, that's I already true. can't reach the top shelf. Right. <laughs> I already have to have a stool in there to get, you know, to get to it. Right. But older houses, it is challenging to have places for storage. So something that I did several years ago, you know, my house was built in 58. There was no such thing as a pantry. Right. So we just built a pantry in, and we made it deep and, and with adjustable shelving so mm-hmm. that we can have the storage. Sometimes you just have to accommodate, you know, for your stuff. And in, in that our problem? Like, I spent this weekend getting rid of stuff. Yeah, because sometimes we can get too much too stuff. Too much stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. we don't need everything at Goodwill to come home. Right. No. Right. Well, and we actually goodwill. Well, Well, that's what I'm saying. We need to add to goodwill. There you go. (laughs) Well, we will rank houses according to the amount of stuff. Uh You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because it's hard when there's stuff. It's kind of hard to inspect. So we'll we'll go. You know, we'll talk about. Oh yeah, that one was an eight. There was so much stuff in there. Right. And we take a picture of all the stuff because that's what I couldn't get to. <laughs> okay, let's keep on going. I've got Michael, uh, no, Mitchell on the phone and Moss Point's digging some stuff up. What's, uh, Mitchell, what's going on? Hey. Hey. Um, yeah, you're talking about getting up the hedges. Um, I recently was tasked with getting up some hedges that had been in the ground for 40 years. Wow. And what I did was I got the longest sawzall blade that I could buy. Mm. to cut wood and stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was about 12 or 14 inches long. And I went out about a foot from the base and cut a circle or a square around it, that 12 or 14 inches in the ground, and they pulled up amazingly easy. That oh is my awesome. Gosh. What a great that is, idea. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and so, yeah, I so you put the, this for a while. You put the blade in the, in the dirt in the ground? Yes, yeah. And this okay. blade I was able to buy was probably 12 maybe 14 inches long, and it was made for actually cutting wood or, you know, right. a wide gap tooth on it, you know. And uh, But, yeah, I just shoved that choker down as far as I could get to hit the dirt into <laughs> the, the, the brace on the sawzall, and I was about a foot out from the actual base of the hedges. Yeah. And I had cut, cut most of the limbs off of them and got them down to where they were just pretty much a, a 
the base, a stalk sure. that I could get a rope or a chain around. That's and uh, I just cut a circle around about 14 inches, 12, 14 inches deep, which cut out all those roots. And basically, I just had to cap that I had to pull out. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, the chain amazing. worked amazingly well. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man, that's awesome. It is a great idea. Also, um, I wanted to point out what Jeff said earlier. If you're going to put a saw blade into your ground, you're going to want to call 811 first. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> There's wires there and stuff. Yeah, there's stuff underneath there yeah. you need to know about before you start doing that. But okay. it's a great, I love that idea. Actually, actually, where I was at, there was an old water line that I had to get marked out. Yeah, typically, come out, they, typically you're yeah, going to hit the water and line. The lines, and there was an old water line probably, I don't know, it was 20-something years ago from Galvanized that was in the ground. And I also have a metal detector, so I took it and I found it with a metal detector right. because I wasn't sure of where I was at. There weren't any, <laughs> I knew there weren't any utilities, you know, but right. just double checking. Of course, it was dead. Nothing was on it anymore, but it was in there, and I had to avoid it or go the, around it in a couple of places. Yeah, the, the, the problem with our water line today is no one is going to mark that water line because there's no way to find it. Oh, right. There's, yeah. no, there's no tracer wire on right. it. It's PVC. Yep. It's plastic, so, so it's... I gotcha. Okay, see, I get you. Yeah. All yeah, right. That's a couple of tri- drives to the hardware store when you hit yeah, those. Yeah, typically, and, and you will hit it. Yeah, uh, you can patch them. I, I mean. had a dish installed at my place in the country. Uh-huh. The very first, the ve- and this is a true story, the very first plunge with the post hole digger Right on the water line. <laughs> now there is look. I could win the lottery before I could hit that water line again. Yep. It was out in the country. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know you're 25 miles from the hardware. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's a yeah. That's uh, a bad that's, day. That's hilarious. Um, I, I, Jeff, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your pain, man. That's just, okay. <laughs> um, it's okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I do. Uh, I want to move on now and talk to Becky real quick in Meridian. And Jeff, you need to get your hat on. She's looking for some uh, ways to save some money in construction. What's going on? Uh, we are doing major renovations on a house that we just acquired, and it doesn't have central heat and air. Okay. Um, it's it's a cinder block, yep. uh, so we're doing central heat and air, uh, complete kitchen renovation, putting uh, framing in an already covered porch area to make a new master suite. Um, Anyway, so we got the cost estimate uh, itemized list yesterday, and holy cow! Yeah, we're <laughs> it's du- it's double what you think it should be. It literally yeah. is a little, I know it a is. little over I know. double. And I know it is. So my my question is, and I kind of feel like that I know the answer because it's like when I first found out I was pregnant, and I asked my doctor if I could control where I gain the weight and he said, sure, if, keep it between your shoulders and your knees. Right. <laughs> right. right. My question um, is, is there any yeah, item category yeah. that we could, you know, not do top of the line, but still not sacrifice something important? This is what I would do. Uh, if you're, if you're able, if you have time, if you're physically able mm-hmm. to do this, you could do your own job site cleanup. That's a large expense. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do, if you're qualified, you could do your own paint. Mm-hmm. Um, now 
anytime a customer tells me I want to save some money, I want to do some of the work myself, we sit down and have a very serious talk. And I try mm-hmm. to give items because y'all have a life too. You have kids, you have jobs, you have soccer and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to get that done in a timely manner so it doesn't slow your contractor down. Right. Because then then you lose the the productivity of the job and everything goes south. So mm-hmm. keep keep that in mind. But that would save some, some money. And then um, if you're able to do paint prep and paint, that will also save money as long as you can do it in a timely manner. Right. And your demo. You can you can you do can demo. I've done that on yeah. a remodel. I had a bathroom and I did yeah. I did all the demo on it and then had the had them come in and redo yeah. everything. One of the common questions we've had on Fix It One One is is hey, can I buy the stuff and they install? Jeff why, yeah. why don't you why don't you answer that question? Um I have no problem with that as long as we understand our role, okay? You're going to go buy the stuff. I'm going to install it. When all the parts and pieces don't show up, don't don't come to me and say, hey, mm-hmm. all the parts and pieces didn't show up. Well, mm-hmm. I, you didn't get them from my person, so I can't make the phone call. So that, that's, a, that's a downfall. Now, another thing that you could do, and we are real guilty of this uh, on our personal uh, remodels, uh, we will go try to find a dented um, a dent or a scratch on an appliance. It doesn't bother me if there's a right. dent in it. So, and and um, so th- that's a few things you could do. Um, and then, like like Jason said, if you if you have the time, go get the go get the material and and be and be responsible for getting the right material and make sure it's it's there on the job site. Yeah, if you're in charge of the material then then your contractor just needs to be able to walk in and work. Yeah. Uh, not think yeah. about whether it's there or not. And yeah. you can also yeah. what I did at my house cuz I knew I had an old house that was going to have to be updated is that I kind of had a plan. So I knew, and, and I didn't try to do it all at once because, quite frankly, I couldn't afford to do it all at once. I was going to say, once. you can do a room-to-room kind of situation. I did. Also. I, I kind of planned it all out. Like, I was there, and about after 18 months, I updated my electric panels because that was important to me. And then after mm-hmm. about two years, I decided to come in and tear down a wall and make a master suite. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then after six years, I thought, okay, now it's time to address my air conditioning so those were my, in your case, if you're going to live in this thing, you really want air conditioning, especially here in the yeah. South. So yeah. you could look at maybe breaking it down and not doing everything all at once. Okay. All right. Um, that sounds good. I, I just, I know that the contractor said, which I'm sure y'all say to people all the time, and, and it's true, uh, which is, you know, it's a whole lot easier to renovate if you're not living here. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you might as well go ahead and hire a marriage counselor, too. It's going to be it's going to be easier (laughs) on you, too. Okay, (laughs) Becky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I assure you it's going to be easier on you if if it's you know, if it's in the budget, if you can do it, um, it's going to be quicker and, and much more pleasant. Yeah, it's a stre- it is a stressor. There's just well, no way to get look, around it. It's here, stressful. Here here's the deal, and I, I say I've said this forever. 
if the general public sees us build a house, they'd probably never buy it. it it's ugly. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's messy. Mm-hmm. It's wasteful. There's there's a lot of things that go on, and you're looking at it like, oh my God, they will never make this look right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we do it all the time. It's just like a car. If if you saw a car being built, you probably wouldn't buy it. It's ugly. It's right. ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It takes some. It takes a long time, and especially on a remodel, because you're right in the middle of it. Yeah, and you're watching every move. And you're watching right. every move. You, you saw every bent nail. Yeah. You saw every board that was cut. Uh-huh. And it's just. Well, and and we, we don't live in the house currently. We So that's, you know, but when we got this, es- this line item estimate, we just kind of, you know, questioned our entire lives. Uh, <laughs> I've done that to several people. <laughs> we were like, you know, we need to, we'll get, we'll probably get more money the quicker we try to sell the house we're currently in. And yet this is probably one of the most expensive times to build or renovate. You know? Um, I would disagree with that. Uh, lumber has come way down. Um, now, money borrowing money is is expensive right now, but supplies yeah. uh, are not near what they were six, eight, ten, twelve, twelve uh, months ago. Yeah, right? you can get windows so, and doors. That's right. And appliances. That's right. So the only thing yeah. right now that is. Is and and it's not that bad, but the cost of money is a little higher yeah. than what we're comfortable with. Yeah, m- my husband is a tax attorney, so he um, knows. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is he? Is he yeah. so, I'm sure he's sleeping in today, your- right? Do <laughs> what? I said I'm sure he's sleeping he's in sleeping today, in right? Today. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not worried about money at all. Right. <laughs> Raking it in. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, thanks, Becky. We appreciate it. Let's keep on moving. Bob's on the line in Hattiesburg. And man, it's an aesthetic problem, but it's a a hard problem. What's going on? Yeah, good morning. I got a house that's a beautiful place in Hattiesburg. It's about nine years old. And when we bought it, there was a very, very tiny hairline crack in the kitchen. In the kitchen floor tile? Hello? I think we lost. Bobby Willis? Okay. Bob's gone. Let's. Um, he must be driving. I right. bet he's talking about because he, he said kitchen. So hairline crack hairline in the cra- floor probably tile. in the tile. You probably. Know, we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. You can dig the tile. You can dig the grout out and regrout it if you want to. You can put a, a rug down. That's what I did. <laughs> well, and it all depends on if the crack is in the grout or the tile. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it's in the tile, that's a little more serious. Um, I'm, let's assume that it's the floor and he's still listening. Um, keep an eye on it. Um, I wouldn't get too alarmed in, unless it gets um, bigger. And then at that point, you need to look for a water leak in your slab. Check your, the base of your cabinets. See if you see any yep. movement there or yep. water damage kind of appearing yep. there. A hairline crack in the grout does not bother me. No. So, what about uh, a hairline crack in the tile? That concerns me. Okay, something is going on. Something has moved. If it's growing specifically, now, if it's getting they, no bigger, right now the first, uh, first or second house that I ever bought, um, moved in, got up the next morning, the tile was humped up in the in the kitchen <laughs> about six inches. 
uh, and, and I mean, it was weird. It just walked in there and the tiles just raised up. I said, what in the world's going on? Well, through my investigating, we had a hot water water leak. In the slab. In the slab. Oh. That's so uh, crazy. Welcome which, to homeownership. Yeah, which which is covered by insurance. It is right. It is damaged. Uh, it's called coverage A. It's above the slab. So um, if that's going on, that's, that's you know, some I'm, I'm things glad you, you need to look that. at. Uh, you know, it would never think, uh, it would never occur to me that a crack in a tile could be something bigger than just a crack in the tile. Right, you yeah. Know? Yeah, it could definitely. You know, and it's funny, Jeff, is that the things that we've learned that we use now are from bad experiences. Oh, that, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Hey, so. um, Bob's back on the line in okay, Hattiesburg. Bob, did you hear what we were talking about? Yes, I did, and you were mostly very helpful and maybe a little worrisome. I'm, I'm driving down a 59, and there's that one dead spot that goes. Yep. I went through it. Oh, that I one know, dead spot? I, yeah, I know, I've been I there. I know it well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this hairline crack is like 10 or 15 feet long. It runs from the eating area all the way down across the kitchen, but it's it's really, really small. And okay. it's in the tile, and, and there's no. You know, I'm I'm wondering. There's there's nothing to do but tear up the tile and replace it. I guess. Well, uh, there there's no cracks in the sheetrock. No, no, I okay. don't have any other indication. Okay. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's foundation movement. I, I think you've got a water. Have you have you is it warm? Have you felt it? No, it, okay. it's not. There's no moisture or anything like that coming up. Is it close to the garage? No. Okay. Right. It's just, uh, and I, you know, what I'm wondering if I replace a tile, I mean, this happens again. This could be a total nightmare because you're talking well, about thousand dollars. The tile, the tile is not the problem. Yeah, we got to figure out no. what's got, what's making right. it do that. Yeah. Like, is it the grown? tile just didn't crack on its own? Yeah, is it bigger than it was when you bought it, or longer, or has well, it always it's, been it's, there? It's, no, no, it's, it's always been there, but it's a little wider, a little more. Okay. Bigger. And that's yeah. nine years, correct? It's always been there. Yeah, and yeah. it's slab on grade. Yeah. It's, it's it's slab on yeah. grade. Okay, so yeah. it's not a new right. thing. It mm. might be. I mean, it could be all kinds of things. You know, is what Jeff says. As as I see it on the radio, right? Um, it could be a settlement. You know, houses it move, could. It could. and they just move. That's just part that's right. of it. So if you've got a settlement point where that's where it's moving, it's bleeding through a crack that's underneath it. And as long as it's not getting to where you could lose a child in there or a small pet, you right. should no, be no, fine. No, it's very small. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, I, my first solution was to do what you did, put a rug over yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess is is that the solution, guys? Is 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 if you wanted to like get rid of this crack completely, is pulling up the tile, putting down new again? Is that the solution? Well, no, because if it's moving, if the house is moving, it's going to crack again. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So, and that's where you want to look for so cracks. So if, if I have a bigger it. right, if I have a bigger problem, let's investigate that. Do, do I have standing water around the house? Do I have a a ten feet out from the house? Do I have uh, um, six inches of, of fall. Uh, right. Because um, if it's a water line, you, you should have a higher water bill. So if you, you can check your water bills going back a couple of months, and if all of a sudden you've got a spike in that, right. then it could certainly well, be that. Well, if it's a supply. Now, if yeah. it's a sewer, you right. know, it's it's a whole thing. Let me make this suggestion before we move on. Get an inspector over there to give you an opinion on yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That's not going to hurt. All right. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. 
I need to get out of here. It is funded by the generous contributions of listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.